0: welcome to Getting It, the conversation where we try to understand life just that little bit more. My name's Dan. And my name is Saban.
1: We're both medical students based in London.
0: And today we follow up on last year's episode. We discuss the way we choose books, audiobooks versus Kindle versus reading physical copies, and the differences between reading fiction and non-fiction.
1: Hello Saban. Hello Dan. We are calling on a Monday today, so... We're actually leaving it quite late this week, but for good reason because yeah. it's been a very busy week.
0: I mean, yeah, we got fast turnarounds, and this podcast is hopefully going to be up in the next few hours. So yeah,
1: thanks to our editing team, aka you. <laughs>
0: yeah, I should really outsource it or something, but it's just something I don't want to let go of, and it's it's quite enjoyable as well. To be fair,
1: when you're editing, do you like do you do anything while you're doing, it, or you're just in a state of focus?
0: Uh, generally, a state of focus because then I'll, I'll just get through it a lot quicker, and I generally have to be. Listening to it because obviously it's all audio. So I'll just speed it up to like, you know, just over two times speed and then get rid of any, you know, technical hitches or weird gaps for whatever reason, fixed delays and, and whatnot. And yeah, I just kind of speed through it and then I can do the entire thing, including uploading and scheduling and everything, usually within an hour and a half. So it's not too long, but yeah, the workflow is pretty sorted.
1: Okay, fair enough. Well, I mean, one day if you did teach me. You could do some like lessons, and then you can outsource to the other person who uh, works at getting it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but um, yeah. For me personally, this week I had my last placement week at uh, my current hospital, which is it bad to say the hospitals were placed at?
0: That's a good question. No, not really. I don't think so. But um, yeah, unless there's okay. a stalker listening, but hopefully not.
1: Okay. Well, yeah, hopefully not. <laughs> okay. So I'm at, I've been at St Thomas's Hospital and. Goodness man, it is like it is a very cool hospital mm. and I've been on acute care, which is quite um quite good because it's a massive variety of stuff you know like the the sort of cases you'll see could be like pretty much anything, and also at St. Thomas's, there tend to be a lot of rare conditions so like last week, I saw this guy who had oh it's very peak very peak, but he had a number of different cancers, and there there were so many different cancers that the team of doctors thought this can't be by chance because they were all spontaneous cancers like de novo yeah. they weren't metastases they were all like he had prostate cancer he had renal cell carcinoma he had thyroid cancer and yeah basically they it turns out that he has a multiple endocrine regi- neoplasia not that one oh, that's what i thought as well, oh, I, thought as well. <laughs> I thought that one as well i thought that one as well i was like oh there's m men one men two a two yeah. B. I was like getting all ready in my head and <laughs> then they were like. They were like, no, it's not that one. I was like, oh, Um, yeah, yeah. But um, it turns out to be a different, uh, very rare condition, Mm. um, which I can't remember the name of right now. But to see things like that is very cool. I don't think it's going to be necessarily the stuff we'll be doing day in, day out when we're actually working. But working at a big hospital in central London like Tommy's is cool for that reason. So yeah, I just finished that and it was super busy and also had a... I have a job outside of uh, uni as well which uh, is really interesting and enjoyable and last week for the first time I attended that work in person with the entire team, it was the first time the whole team got together and that was really nice as well. So it was a very busy week, that's my excuse for leaving it to Monday and now I would like to hear what you've been doing this week.
0: I mean your excuse is a lot better than mine. I was just like, oh, good. I was lazy with work for the weeks prior so now it's just all kind of Accumulated, so I just kind of had to get through that. But um yeah, I'm on my psych placement. I, th- I think I said that last time, and yeah, just slowly getting on with that. That's about it. Placement, and then come back home and study and do other medical school type stuff. And, You're just on
1: the grind, basically.
0: Yeah, I just want to try and get everything done as quickly as possible. Basically, fifth year, at least that imperial is one of those notorious years of being difficult and just you know being a marathon not a sprint kind of thing. I just kind of want to sprint out for the first half and then maybe walk for the second half. Um, so that's the kind of way I'm I'm going for fifth year. So yeah, it's just pretty intense.
1: Fair enough. Well, there's nothing that can be done about that, I guess. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it is what it is. I guess you just have to, yeah, uh, get, get your head down and keep grinding, which is what you do be doing. But um, in terms of today's episode, I have something I would like to talk about, I would find quite enjoyable. It's to do with reading. I know we've done one before. Mm. Uh, over a year ago now and since then like especially more recently I've got quite into reading I've been enjoying it a lot more and so yeah there are just some new reflections I've made and I'd be interested in discussing those with you if you don't mind.
0: Sounds very good I remember we said in our one year of Getting It Reflection episode, we said that the books or the reading episode that we did, it was like our third episode or something, was the worst episode we think out of all of our episodes so far. So hopefully this will be an improvement. Um,
1: okay, fingers crossed. I mean, so the, the, the reason why I want to talk about it is because the thing I struggled with in the last couple of years overall was the form of reading and the type of books that I read. Mm-hmm. And last year, if you remember... For me, or like on my end, the type of book I would like to read would be one where I spend time researching the author and like read the reviews and I know beforehand, like, oh, generally this is considered to be a very good book. So, you know, I don't have to trust my own judgment here. This will be probably very, very good. And I still have that mentality. But something I've started to do is learn how to become comfortable with just reading the book yourself and actually forming your own opinions on it. As opposed to, yeah, thinking, like having, going in with the expectation that this is a good book or, oh, everyone says this book drags on too long. And then I, I'm not making my own deductions. And I think mm. part of becoming a good reader is also reading the less good books almost. If you're going to read a massive quantity, read less good books and get used to reading those as well and, and figuring out what you like in a book, if that makes sense. So that's something... I've been trying to do a little bit more recently is yeah, be be less picky with the books I read slightly. Don't really look them up too much before. Just get through it. And if you read it quick, you can get through a long book in a week. So it's not that much. And 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 you are gonna take something from it, right? Even mm. not a good even a not good book, in your opinion, will still teach you a huge amount because it's hours and hours of time you're investing and many trains of thought. So yeah. Mm. Do you have any thoughts there?
0: Yeah, I mean it also teaches you what formulates a good book in the first place. So then if you can figure out why you didn't like a book or why you thought it wasn't so good, or maybe it's not like the book itself, but just the content you just disagreed with, right? So it's all just strength strengthening the opposite. It's not always about figuring out what's good, what's right. It's about also figuring out what you disagree with and what's wrong and not good. So then that reinforces the opposite opinion.
1: 100%. 100%. I mean, that's actually huge in my opinion. So I'll let you continue.
0: <laughs> no. um, yeah, so it's just that, you know, reciprocal way of thinking about things. And when it comes to the point of, well, I, I I think we both agreed last time that you know we should research our author or the author or the book to a certain extent, because yeah, you are going to invest some time into reading that book, especially if it's a longer book. Especially like you're you're reading book like Wealth of Nations and stuff. And these are really long books and actually quite hard to pass the information as well. Whereas i slowly realized after because it was at that point i when we recorded that episode that i started reading a lot more and a lot more consistently when i started doing that i realized that the more i read the less picky i can become because if i'm just going to read more books if i'm going to read say 50 books in a year right compared to just five books over five books, I, I want to pick more, like, I want to make sure that I am getting value out of it. Whereas if I'm reading 50, if I don't get some value or that much value or not as much value as I'd like from a couple of books, it's not the end of the world because the accumulated value that I've gained through all of the other books, right, is way more than just reading five books. So it releases that kind of anxiety I used to get where, oh man, like, should I, like, when I'm, okay, i finished finish a book now, should I read this book or this book? I'll just kind of pick any now and just start reading it. And then, Yeah, you develop habits of being able to figure out quickly whether you are going to like a book or a book is going to be decent and just being able to flick through the you know the contents of the book overall just before you start reading and stuff and see what kind of topics they go through and stuff but yeah i think the main thing is the more you read and the quicker you start reading then it reduces that anxiety and you can kind of afford to read not so good books objectively or subjectively
1: yep i feel the exact same and also taking the time to read things which are not like in line with what you already understand and um like as in not not in line with your current opinions right so reading mm. things which you know you won't agree with i think is quite good i haven't done that too much yet although i i got i bought a few days ago i bought the actually you know that's it's not true to say it's not like it's something that i don't agree with because i don't know about it so how can mm. i disagree with it but um the bhagavad-gita it's mm. like a interesting a hindu text yeah yeah um and it's, it's very long and um I don't think I will be able to read the whole thing because yeah. I think from what I've read so far it's like there's a lot of content to it. I think it would be quite slow for me to read through um we're you going to say something
0: yeah i I'd imagine that's quite hard to read as well, like just being able to it, download the information into your head like what is actually was it actually saying because it's obviously gone through translations right and then
1: I'm quite lucky though that the version I got is actually really good it's in it's a three language translation and like all three versions are in the book and also um there are a huge amount of annotations and explanations which is what i kind of wanted Mm. so yeah um despite saying this though, another point I wanted to make without making this um, too tangential is that it's also good to not read hard books. I've realized and not try and challenge myself. Sometimes it's good to read much more simple books. And like, so at the moment I'm reading this, this isn't simple, but it's relatively simple for us because we have now a, quite a strong medical background. The third chimpanzee by Jared Diamond. And so far, I'm not that far through. it um, a lot of it is talking about dna how dna works and like the the path that the path that was taken to arrive at homo sapiens you know like from australopithecus homo habilis like those like old hmm. like pre-humans and then just like over time the path that brought us to here that that stuff conceptually isn't that hard right like yeah. you just have to sort of learn it but and, and a lot of it is stuff that we already kind of know but i'm realizing that Reading things like this like reinforces stuff, you know, and and sort of I don't know, it, it can strengthen it too. You don't have to constantly be really working at the edge of your capacity, which is what I thought you kind of should be doing, mm. and that makes it more pleasurable as well. This probably is a very obvious thing to know, but yeah. I don't know, I only really noticed that recently.
0: Yeah, and it's something you just learn and actually appreciate with experience because it obviously makes a lot of sense, and you're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like obviously, I'll just read these kind of books or whatever, but. Again, I had this exact experience over the past, like, well, not over the past, like, four or five months, but the year before that, basically. I started off because I knew it was just a habit kind of game to start reading more consistently and improve my reading. So I started off with more medicine, not medicine, but like health type books, you know, or like, yeah, books related to medicine and science, right? Because those areas I'm are more well-versed in compared to other areas. And I realised that I could go through these books and understand it quite easily to a certain extent, depending on what field it's actually in specifically. But yeah, I'd go through it quite easily and quickly. So it was just, you know, a positive reinforcement for me to read more because I was finding it enjoyable. And then a couple of months in, after I'd read a few books, then I started, you know, switching it out into other areas or other domains of academia and stuff and yeah those took me longer to read and were harder to read um but I had the foundation of just like building up my reading skills as as weird as lame as it sounds like it sounds like someone from year two is like yeah reading lessons kind of stuff but it's it's a very real thing even as an adult so yeah then so what I do now basically is I'll read like one book in a field that i'm more accustomed to and i can get through quite quickly and just understand more easily because i'm already maybe more well versed in that area and then i'll switch it out and then the next book i read will be in an area that i'm not so well versed in and stuff that will push me closer to that limit where of like my thinking or understanding not to say that the books that I'm well versed or like in the in the topics that I'm well versed and don't push me to that limit, but generally, you know, I'm I just find it a lot easier to to follow along. So I think to build the habit of reading and make it more enjoyable it, when starting off, you should read probably books that you find easier and books you are more well versed in topics that you are more well versed in. And then after that, it makes it easier and more enjoyable to, you know, switch off like basic uh, switch off topic basically. So yeah, I'm just repeating the same point a hundred times, but yeah.
1: That's what we do every episode. Yeah, <laughs> we're roasting. Uh, my brain just
0: started turning off. Like I just couldn't say sentences. So yeah, maybe I should get back to reading. I haven't read for a couple of months just because of the nature of the the course, uni course right now. So yeah.
1: But I mean, going back to like I think uh, what I wanted to talk about from the start. There's there's like a second subsection of the episode which I can talk about now. There are three forms of reading that I've been doing recently. There's Kindle. Mm physical books and audio books
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I've been doing all three quite a lot like quite an even spread of the three and there are a couple of insights that I've made that I like I don't know I found quite interesting one is the Oof. sorry bro
0: Wait, was that a burp or a fart
1: a <laughs> <laughs> bit of a bit of burp no uh, it is a burp um, yeah so the first one is that I realized some books Are actually more suited to audiobooks in my opinion and some books are more suited to physical books and also i think some books you can make the further distinction that some books are better on kindle and better like to just hold and and can i try and say to you my current opinion on it Mm -hmm. do you mind if i try and just take you through it so audiobook best topics first of all non-fiction in my opinion i think there's a lot of pleasure that can be derived from reading a fiction book and you should do that at your own pace The biggest problem with audiobooks, in my opinion, is that you're subject to someone else's pace. Yes, obviously, they've got around that by literally dividing the speed by 0.1, you know, up to like three times speed and down to like 0.25 probably or 0.5 or whatever. But it's still not the same, you know. Some paragraphs you want to just read three times and some paragraphs you can kind of skim over and just are not very necessary to not being able to do that, I find a little bit frustrating, especially in something which evokes a lot of emotion, which is like more often the case, I would say, with fiction books. So that is very pleasurable to do without listening to an audiobook. Um, listening to, however, something non fiction where it's more just about understanding the information, I think is sometimes just better in an audiobook where it can be almost exhausting to just keep like reading quite like, a complex idea that's based on something in the real world. And yeah, just having someone explain it to you and do all the pronunciations of the complex names and things, that can be quite nice too, just have someone read it to you. And the best ones for that, in my opinion, are actually the books which are kind of like lectures Like, I've done, by chance, I realised the last three audiobooks I've listened to are all lecture compilations, basically. Mm. Um, The first one was, um, actually, it doesn't matter which ones they were, I guess, but, like, they're all non-fiction. The first one was kind of about politics. The second one was about linguistics. And this one's about history. And so all three very non-fiction topics. And um, there was no special take on it. But being able to just listen to someone explain that information to me, I find a lot better. And the last two of these are both... Um, spoken by the author, right? Mm. So the most recent one, history, it's a history of China book, something like the story of the fall and rise of China or something. The author is reading it to me. How nice is that? The author is reading it to me. So, like, I can hear how the author would want it to be explained, the bits that he really emphasizes, the bits that he says more slowly. And, like, he, he tells me how he wants. So, yeah, I don't need to keep repeating this point. I'm doing it as well. But that's the ones I like for audiobooks. For Kindle, um, if you don't mind me, keep going and interrupt me if you want. For Kindle, I still think that nonfiction books are better on Kindle than than fiction books are because non-fiction books often I'll encounter words that I don't know. Again, being able to hover over, it, look up the dictionary definition, go on the Wikipedia article, highlight things I find such complex. a goated feature, such a goated feature, honestly. And the other thing that there's a further distinction here between reading Kindle on my phone versus reading Kindle on my Kindle. And reading it on the phone is actually really good. I can highly recommend it. If you're on the tube or something, just whipping out your phone and just like flicking through the book, like, you know, just it works. You can really get into it. I thought you would get distracted, but I don't find myself getting distracted by it. And as long as your Kindle's connected to Wi-Fi, they synchronize, you yeah. know? So when I get home, if I've read it on the tube, like just a few pages, I get home, I open up the Kindle to keep reading. It will be on the like most up-to-date page. That's brilliant. I really like that. So yeah, I can highly vouch for that too. And I think there are certainly uh, like types of books which are great to read on the Kindle. It gives you more of like a... Like a better experience, a more pleasurable experience than an audiobook, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, obviously it's not good it's not as good as the OG, which is just sitting there with a good old paper book mm-hmm. and reading through it properly. And that one I think is the most pleasurable of all because it's such a like a I don't know. It's It's just just the tactile
0: feedback, flicking the page, the sounds and everything. It is very nice. And then, you know, having a nice shelf of books, all the books you've read and stuff. It is very Mm. nice.
1: I love how you can just sort of, I don't know, like, yeah, it's just nice. eh? Just sitting there with a book. There's no distraction. There's no, yeah, you can just lose yourself in it. And that's really nice. So I think the best things for that recently I've found are just fiction books you know like books which are I don't know just a pleasure to read and so yeah all three are really good I don't think I felt like last year I was looking for like a philosophy to apply to all of the books I read and all Mm. the ways I read but now I realize "Mm, there are so many books and like it's a bit silly to try and put them all into one box you can enjoy a book in so many different ways and I'm just figuring out for me personally what I like the most and once I'm like I've got that I've sort of got like my own little system with it it's it's something I don't have to think about as much now, you know, like I will, I am currently listening to an audiobook and I'm currently reading a book on my Kindle and that's fine. Like mm. I don't have to do all of them on one or all of them on the other. Mm. Uh, do you have a preference of the three? Kind of.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I read all my books on Kindle, all books I've basically read on there. I haven't really listened to any audio books and the thing, I started an audiobook, book, but it, it just didn't feel right. I just couldn't really concentrate with it. Maybe it's because I just went about it the wrong way. I, like I said, I, I you know starting off with something that's easier. I just started off with the wrong one, and the way I actually go about it is I read all nonfiction on my Kindle. I, I I don't compromise on that in any way. Just I I always find it best for me to read it on a Kindle because that thing where you were saying, oh yeah, nonfiction, or like say with fiction, you want to read over a couple of paragraphs, or then just skip a couple of paragraphs, like read a, read a paragraph like a couple of times or whatever. Were you seeing that in relation to fiction books? Uh,
1: yeah, more so in fiction books. Yeah.
0: You see, I'm the opposite where, to be fair, I haven't really read many fiction books. I mean, I did when I was a lot younger, like teenage years and stuff. But with nonfiction books, because they are usually more academically challenged or like, you know, just challenging in terms of thinking and whatnot, either thinking about my opinions or I'm trying to understand what they're actually saying. I will sometimes find myself like reading a page or like a paragraph or something like four or five, six times something like, do I actually understand the numbers or did I actually understand like what they were going on about? And it's just a lot harder to do that on, uh, like if you're listening to it. And the other thing with nonfiction is I'm I'm always highlighting, I, I highlight quite liberally, um so then i can go back to it and then you know i can either transfer it into my note-taking apps or whatever um or you know at least have the text form for reference at some point if i ever want to go back to it or i can find all the interesting points and i'll annotate it as well slightly with a certain system that i have i I mentioned this last time like hashtag and then certain things like f for further reading or whatever yeah, and you just can't do that on an audiobook. Like, okay, maybe if you use um audible, you can get a sync, but then you'd have to buy the, au- the audiobook and the actual Kindle book, and you can get synchronization between the two. But that's just like I'm I'm not loaded enough to do that yet. And so I, I tried listening to, and I-, I was like, okay, I'll reserve fiction books to uh for audiobooks. So I started listening to Crime and Punishment, but then I just stopped. I just couldn't concentrate, I couldn't follow it along. I don't know if that's just me with fiction now but and that's not me trying to disregard fiction as being useful because it's really important and you know good fiction book will really get you reflecting on your emotions in certain circumstances and different scenarios and whatnot Um, and you just can't quite get that in a non-fiction book it depends if it's what the topic of the book but in general at least not for me because of the topics i tend to read about so yeah i just haven't gone down the audiobook route but Interestingly, I still listen to loads and loads of podcasts, and because I haven't really been listening or uh, reading much over the past few months, I have been still listening to hundreds and hundreds of podcasts. Um, in fact, I think my current queue is 128 hours remaining in my current queue. <laughs> um, so I've got a lot like waiting for me. So I'm just always listening, and I'm listening to them at like two, at least two and a half to three times speed. So I'm like powering through them, and I like concentrate hard. So it's interesting that I couldn't do the same with a fiction book on an audio book. So yeah, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just because I genuinely just like enjoy enjoy listening to just having like a burst of information just constantly pummeled into my brain. It's obviously not good to have it constantly. Um, but in those small activities, say if I'm washing the dishes or doing random chores or going to the gym, sometimes I will just go without my headphones and just not listen to anything because it's good to you know change around the, the way you cycle dopamine in different activities. But yeah, it's, it's I, I, I still struggle to understand why, and I haven't figured out why I can't just sit down with fiction. I haven't tried reading fiction, but I think I just have this internal thing where it's like, I need to like learn more. Like, I still need to like learn more in this aspect or this aspect and improve I get, myself. I, I
1: agree with what you, So there's something, because um, I, I felt this way as well, and we're both far from experts still with reading, obviously like, mm. you know, compare people there. There'd be people out there who are like 70 years old, who just read their whole lives. Come oh on. man. Yeah. I that's, wish I did that. Kind of cool. Like I've out out
0: on a solid like 10 years of reading, man.
1: We've got to catch up, bro. We've got to catch up. But I mean, like, yeah. So I, I appreciate that. We'll probably do another reading episode in a year's time and be like, Oh, we're wrong. We're completely wrong again. Mm. Um, but um, we, we just base it off our own experiences so far. Right. And so for me, with the reading fiction, I've cycled through the thoughts of, like, well, why should I deserve to, like, kick back and relax with a fiction book when I haven't learned, when I'm still so bad at history, you know? Why not just go through the kind of a bit of pain of, like, learning the valuable stuff first and then applying it in, like, you know, in fiction or whatever? Mm. Um, but now I realise there are also so many fiction books, which are, like, historically, they actually teach you a lot. Like, recently I read... Um, Candide by Voltaire, who's a French um, mm. author. And it's a very short book. And I realized that the the whole book is like a, a philosophical argument. Mm. And he's using the characters as like different perspectives. So he's telling an argument or he's telling a, like a, yeah, uh, he's giving his opinion on his philosophy, on, on a philosophy of life through different characters who represent different traits and emotions so he's saying like this is this trait this is that trait and like the way they interact is his life lesson on like how to live a meaningful life you know and Mm. and what gives a human like our bad situations ultimately good sometimes and is there like the, the role of optimism in life and like those are like sort of messages that he tells through the characters and he reaches a conclusion and at the end of the book like you kind of learn the The answer that the protagonist has been searching for, and that's like the way that, you know, life, a a way to live your life. And I think it's super interesting because it's also based on history. And so, for example, in Lisbon in 1755, um, there was an earthquake and a subsequent tsunami which killed 50,000 people. And that's actually devastating for an event to it that, that happened, like, you know, 250 years ago. Can you imagine that? 50,000 mm. people in Lisbon, in Portugal, in like, you know, in Europe. Imagine these. And that's when the world population was like 10 times less. Imagine nowadays. Yes. So if you can scale it up 10 times. Imagine a, an earthquake in Europe that kills 500,000 people in Italy or something. That would be mm. unbelievable. That would be shocking. So, um the author became very disillusioned afterward life in a way because also there was an earthquake in the same year very devastating earthquake in peru in lima and the the this philosopher voltaire slash author slash historian mm. felt so like um aghast and like so angry at that the world could produce such like negative events um and just started questioning things himself and in the book the the they are present in the lisbon earthquake and they move. They go to the the protagonist goes to South America afterwards, and again, it's all historically accurate with the, the, the different cities he goes to and the wealth within the cities and what goes on the structure of the the politics there. So through reading it, I learned about that stuff. Mm. Like I was there, you know, in the book, and so it's kind of nonfiction in a way. Yeah, it's like a mix. That's that's I think those are the super clever authors the one yeah. who can the things like, these, mix these are in. like
0: all the classics you know with the big time like like Voltaire or you know all the classic uh you know Russian novels and stuff I suppose those have a different aspect because they they are like it's they're basically like philosophy books really at, at the yeah. core of it when I'm talking about fiction and yeah to be fair like how do you judge if it is historically accurate do you actually just go and look it up and check or how do you know mm. it's initially going to be historically accurate? Or any anything that's said in a fiction book is going to be yeah. his, accurate in any way.
1: Because Voltaire is a historian as well. Yeah, so, fine. like, he's not going to... And also, I, I knew that the I know about the Lisbon earthquake of 1755. Yeah, and, like, um, you, you just... Like, um, you, I guess you just have to trust. Like, you just yeah. know that he's going to... He's basing it on truth. Like, he's basing it on stuff that happened.
0: Yeah. When When I think fiction, I think, like, you know uh harry potter or darren shan mm. series like demon art to that kind of stuff so yeah that's the kind of fiction i that comes to mind when someone says fiction but yeah like i said i tried reading or listening to crime and punishment maybe i should try reading it
1: yeah crime and punishment is such like a but then we have to remember out of fiction books that's like pretty much the hardest it gets yeah. We have to train ourselves. I, I really like crime and punishment, but I was on holiday and I didn't have an internet connection. So, <laughs> You've um, <had> no choice. <laughs> Yeah, I had no choice. and I did really enjoy it. But I still think I should read it again, to be honest. And even though I kind of um, fell in love with the setting in a weird way, because it's actually very horrible. And Mm. the main character as well, I think he was a very fascinating person. And I kind of got lost in it. I still think there's so much that I could take from that book by reading it again, especially because it was a couple of years ago now that I read it. And for you as well, like, a book like that isn't going to be an easy read at all. It would be a huge investment, really. So yeah, like, we're thinking of the hardest ones here.
0: Yeah, I think that's the problem I end up having with fiction is, and I suppose when, if I am there trying to like change my, or like understand my own opinions and perceptions and stuff and improve that and be challenged. I like it just being straight with me, just saying like, this is this argument, right? This is the for and against and just like kind of give it to me straight kind of thing. Whereas when I have to pass it through this like emotional dialogue and stuff, I suppose I just kind of turn off which is I think it comes at
1: the end i think it comes at the end i feel like i'm talking a bit too much right now but i feel like for me i always get excited while i'm reading i try not to read into it too much mm. as i read along and then at the end i'll like look up analyses on youtube and i'll like read about it and then i'm like oh that like damn so like I, as i'm going along i'm trying not to deduce too much from it as
0: in to be fair i, I don't try and do that at any point in reading even nonfiction. It's not like I'm intentionally doing it. Obviously, in nonfiction, it's more geared towards that. Those give, you know, an opinion, a list of arguments or whatever. And then I think, OK, do I agree with this? You know, what's the flaw in this? Blah, blah, blah. Whereas, yeah, in a fiction book is, you know, you're just kind of going along with the story. And I'm not sat there thinking like, hmm, how did he phrase that sentence? And like, what is this reflecting upon like his internal feeling at this? I'm not thinking I'm not reading the book like that, but. I don't know. I just can't focus. I can't pay attention because there's no like direct information being sent into my brain, if that makes sense. It's a massive flaw on my part. I'm just trying to figure out why I'm basically trying to use it as as like a therapy session to figure out why I can't focus on fiction books.
1: I think you just, do you ever get lost in it?
0: I, I think I don't have the environment to be able to just get lost in it. Actually, to be fair, when, when I read, I don't like doing what you said about, you know, you know read a couple of pages on the tube and then you know you've got some spare time just read a couple of pages there because i like to sit down and just read like for yeah if i'm going to read for half an hour throughout the day i like to just sit in the morning straight away and just read that 30 minutes straight enough yeah yeah, yeah. but then i think that is more conducive towards um non-fiction books in the first place because it's gonna like a chapter is gonna particularly just in general cover a certain topic or something right so i want to try and finish as much of that chapter in one go or at least a certain segment of the book so i can like okay that argument has been finished right so i'm not kind of left hanging because um, they're just explaining all the context and i haven't actually got to like the, the actual good bit at the end whereas i suppose yeah you could do that with non-fiction more but again like i like to read in segments i like structure so i don't like to be left hanging if that makes sense to a certain yeah yeah I don't know it's I it's, do, it's a hard one to figure out.
1: I have to go fairly soon. So I mean <laughs> I, unfortunately I have to wrap it up like yeah not too long. But I mean the aim for you then would be to sort of like find some I okay okay another thing. What about reading um a couple of like a, a novella instead of reading such a long one like Crime and Punishment reading a very short great fiction book we, like are there are a couple I can think of like um the Old Man and the Sea by Ernest Hemingway. That's a super short book and it's like it's e- you can get through it in like one sitting pretty much and it's brilliant and it does it is sort of like in a way a bit like philosophy mm. um and it's such a simple concept it's, it's like I can this will be like information you get on the blurbs. it's not spoiler it's this old guy who goes out fishing in Cuba and gets lost at sea and he's yeah, he's just a very old man. Like it's a very like peaceful, gentle setting, and it's just a, a book where you can really lose yourself. Like it, there are not too many plots going on, mm. and it's not long, but it's a very simple, good message in my opinion. Yeah, that sort of book compared to something like Crime and Punishment, where there are like multiple characters and so many complex things going on and like arguments with the conflicting perspectives and arguments and like yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah I think that would actually be a good way to go about it because I don't know even just thinking about any kind of fiction book I don't get excited when like thinking about it and I haven't done much reading over the past couple of months but now just talking about reading man I'm just so excited to just carry on like I'm halfway through a book currently um that I haven't read for like the part I just I was halfway through like four months ago so I'm still halfway through I haven't progressed at all but now it's I just want to read it now. Um, And when I get a new book or I'm about to start a new book or I'm figuring out which book to choose, I'm just like, I'm so excited. I'm like, oh, which one should I choose? But when when it comes to non-fiction books, uh, when it comes to fiction books, sorry, I just don't get that same excitement. I'm not like looking forward to it. So I think it's just a fundamental thing within my brain that I would just much rather and I'd much more enjoy the act of reading a non-fiction book. But then to improve my reading overall, I should really read fiction. So, yeah, I even though I enjoy the act of reading as a whole, I suppose to be able to enjoy it even more in the long term, I would have to go through that small period of pain or like not so so much like euphoric reading time by forcing myself through some fiction um whether probably best starting off with those uh short short form novels and then going from there. So, I suppose that's the plan whenever I start reading again. Which I should, because one thing actually is I feel so much smarter when I, I when I'm going through a period period of reading, like a lot of books. Not not in a way to I don't then go out, oh yeah, I read this and blah, blah, blah. But more just like, you know, I feel more challenged. Like I'm always having to like reassess my thoughts and opinions and stuff. Whereas to be fair, I still get that kind of stimulation from podcasts and stuff and again a lot of those podcasts are science-based or philosophy-based that kind of stuff um so it is always making me think and reinterpret and you know introspect basically but when you're doing it with a book there's just a different level of like you know you can really spend time with it keep going over really think deeply whereas i suppose the when the environment i'm in when i'm listening to a podcast i'm typically doing something else at the same time or well, sometimes i'm just walking yeah. right but yeah uh, is it's less you know it's slightly more passive compared to reading whereas reading is very intentional right you know multiple senses like working at the same time kind of thing so uh, that's one thing i I do feel not as smart so i would i remember over the past year like man i'd I'd feel like challenged and i feel like more intellectually like challenged all the time It'd be like it's fun it is quite nice sometimes it is quite you know it does hurt when someone really breaks down one of your what you thought was like correct and you know a core argument for or like a moral belief system. Someone like slowly breaks it down. And you're like, "Oh man, that's that's kind of deep." But then, you know, you kind of get back up stronger from that, stronger, but, you know, like revitalized. I don't know. I can't think of the right word. Obviously, I have to read more, but anyway.
1: That was you stole the joke from me. But yeah, we can leave it there. Um and uh, we can put in the calendar our next uh reading episode and we can set it for uh october 2022
0: should we um should we just start like scheduling like reading time like a half an hour zoom where we don't interact we just sit and read like that would (laughs) just just hold ourselves accountable yeah exactly some accountability practices but yeah i I do need to get back into it but all
1: right well yeah uh that was a good one i look forward to next week's one where uh, we'll do reading part two no I'm joking we'll do something else um, <laughs> yeah. but yeah that was good thank you for listening to my reflections on reading and yeah it's good to hear yours too
0: I guess we'll leave it there then okay peace peace thank you for listening to this episode of Getting It
1: if you enjoyed this episode or didn't then feel free to leave us a rating and review on the Apple Podcasts app or on the Apple Podcasts website
0: We'd love to hear your thoughts, ideas, or questions about anything we discussed. So feel free to email us at thoughts at gettingit.co.uk.
1: You can also reach us on Twitter or Instagram at gettingit_pod.
0: You can find all the links in the show notes.